Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for 50% off. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hey, I'm glad to be back. Like, missing a Monday is always always bad. Even if it your interviews were so, so great. That was fun, but I did. It does feel weird. It feels like we haven't talked in forever. But uh, if you haven't listened to those interviews, you can go listen to them on the podcast. We had Shay and... Dort and Poku and Muscala and really everybody you want to talk to, Josh Giddy. Uh, you can watch all those on YouTube as well. Just if you aren't watching on YouTube live right now and you're listening to the podcast, you should go subscribe to our YouTube channel right now. Click the little bell so you know when we go live. And then you can go watch all of the YouTube interviews right there. You can see me giving Shay all these gummy bears and a t-shirt, and you can see me taking a cookie from Poku, uh, all there on YouTube. Uh, the the but, gummy moment was one of the best because, yeah, I mean, we, we, we love basketball content, but it was so funny the way he reacted to that. I mean, it was, wow, like, let's do it. <laughs> it was genuinely fresh interesting and like sometimes when you, when you see these players having a like a natural human reaction to something yeah. that adds like so much to the to the regular interview i mean it's that's why i mean that's why you're great at what you do because that 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 moment that connection felt extremely real i mean and for all the down to dunk fan i'm sure that they were, they, they felt that they were there with you like and and that Shay was with them it, it was it was such a great interview it was fun. And kind of my goal in all of those is to like just convey the fact that like, these are people that you're yeah. seeing on your TV, that you see do these amazing things as basketball players, that they seem larger than life. They seem like untouchable, but like at the end of the day, like we're all just people. And I, it's not easy to tap into that always. Uh, and especially with, at players that are older it's a lot more difficult to do because they've done this so many times and some guys are more open to that like russ like you can't humanize russ like that's a it's an impossible thing to do uh so with this group because like the veterans are guys like mike muscala who's just a person all the time anyways mm -hmm. uh, and then like the younger guys like they're not jaded yet you know they're yeah. they're you know willing to open up and so it was you know, it was really fun to do that. Uh, guys, it's game day. It's game day Yay. here at OKC. It's been 19 months since there have been fans in OKC that can wow. go to games. 
and we're about to have our first game here in Oklahoma City with fans. And I just cannot wait to feel the energy of the arena again. Because last year it was just so weird that the crowd noise was just pumped in there. It was just, it was weird. It was super weird, and I'm ready for some of the weirdness to go away. Of course, there's going to be some weirdness still, but mm-hmm. it's going to be strange. Uh, my wife is about to walk through the backgrounds. Everybody say hello and goodbye. And <laughs> she does not want to be on here. Um, and so I'm excited. They play the Hornets, which is also very exciting. Like a really fun, like what a fun team for them to play. I know this is an exhibition. We're probably not going to get more than like one half of Shea and Dort and mm-hmm. those guys. But if you know, that the, for Shea, yeah, if. Yeah, if that, but we'll get to see them a little bit, and we'll get to see like extended views of a lot of guys that were excited to watch. Like I think we could see extended Josh Giddy time, extended Trey mm-hmm. Man time. Uh, so I think there's just a lot to be excited about with this team, and we're going to see everybody tonight and up close. And I, I think it's going to be, it should be really fun. So uh, be sure to tune in for. Our coverage here at Down to Dunk, and then the OKC Dream Team will have a show after that. If you're not subscribed to that, you can go check that out at patreon.com slash OKC Dream Team, and I'll do, I will have a post-game show up after the game, so be sure to check that out there. Uh, but man, we've already we've already done five minutes, Michele, and we've got 50 questions to answer from wow. Reddit, so... <laughs> we, we need to Actually, get going. it's 50 comments, so it may not be 50 whole questions. I, I see like a comment thread on here, but um, but a lot of questions that we got to get through. So big shouts to the Reddit community, r-thunder. Uh, if you're not a part of that, go join it because lots of fun discussions. You got your daily dorts. You got all your fun things up on Reddit. I always go to the page. I'm not always super active, but I always see almost everything that's on there and... Uh, it's great. It's a fun place to be. So you should go check it out if you're not doing so already. Uh, okay. Are we ready? Ready to do this, McKelly? Of course. Of course I'm ready. All right. So just because it's Reddit, we're going to start at the top. You get upvoted. Your comment goes to the top. So this is where we're going to start. From Apart Guard 5103 By the sound of what Coach Mark had to say about Giddy's defense being quite impressive and not exactly being Poku level skinny, listed at over 200 pounds at the age of 18, do you think he can already be effective at switching and using his defensive versatility to help the team? Thoughts, McKelly? Well, one of the things that we uh, discussed when we scouted Giddy, what felt like a long time, what feels like a long time ago, it is probably four months ago, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, he is a capable defender. He was not always mm-hmm. engaged um, defensively, but he can slide. Um, he's not the quickest uh, guy on his feet, and that is where I don't see him being the guy that you leave on an island against like a, a quick guard. But I yeah. think he could be serviceable defensively. Um, again, he will not be the guy who guards the primary screen and roll guy on the other team because I don't think that is his forte right now. But he is a functional defender. He's long, he's a decent athlete uh, for NBA standard. And so, yeah, I can see him being okay. And one thing that I don't like about this question is the fact that it, it seems that Pogo was not good defensively last year. 
I went back and I watched like a couple of games, uh, I would say a bunch of games, and Poku is very good defensively already. I mean, not in terms of being a guy that can like hold in the post. That is not what he what he can do. But he was able to funnel guys in the right direction with his length almost all the time. And Gidi can do that as well. So when you have guys where they can stay in front by using their length and funneling guys in the right direction, that is extremely, extremely important on defense. And I think that both Gidi and Poku can be okay with that, uh, uh, like doing that. Of course, I mean, uh, Poku is not strong enough. So he cannot play the five and like you can expect him to guard Jokic and be okay with that in the post. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered that, but, but this is my thought on, on Giddy. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you hear Mark's comments on comparing him to Gallinari? Yeah, I think I catch like uh, a comment on that, not the, the, the direct quote. Yeah, so he was... I can't remember who asked it. Just asking about Josh Giddy's ability to defend and what that looks like. And he spoke about... He's like, well... You know, I, th- I think he said he thought about Gallo and how Gallo was like had the intelligence to defend, mm-hmm. um, but didn't have quick enough feet to defend. Mm-hmm. And he thought that he what did he say? He said strength, uh, intelligence, but didn't have quick enough feet to defend. Yeah. Uh, but he said that Giddy Giddy's got all three. He said he's got strength, he's got toughness, and he has quick feet. I have to see uh, that. It was not on the clips that I saw. Like the quick feet. Yeah, thing. I agree. I agree. I was not. I was not really even ready to talk about Josh Giddy's defense. I mean, when mm-hmm. we talk about Josh Giddy, the the thing that that I the only thing that I feel confident in talking about at the NBA level is he's a great passer, and because he's tall, he can make any pass. Yeah. Any pass doesn't matter what. Pa- doesn't matter because he's not limited by his height. Uh, he can see everything from his height on the court. So he's going to whip passes with both hands across the court. He's going to lead the break. He's going to find guys. I think that will be his number one skill that's going to stand out when he gets on the court. Is like, holy moly, like this guy is a, like a real passer. He's, he's one of probably the best passers in the NBA already um, for a rookie. So that, that was, that's my assessment on him. Defense defensively. I agree. Like I, that's something I'm going to be watching for tonight. Like, what does he look like against if he's matched up against uh, a Book Knight or a Miles Bridges or Rozier or something like that? You know, I don't know. I have no idea, and so I'm excited to to, to see it. Uh, but theoretically, because of his strength and quickness, he could be able to defend guys a little bit better than Poku. But Poku's got something that Josh doesn't. He's got more length. You know, he's got better, yeah. he's got good shot blocking instincts. Yeah. You know, at one point in the season, he had more blocks than fouls. Yeah. I uh, mean, which is d- unusual. Yeah. He's just as a knack for being um, uh, a help defender uh, that can block. And even when he recovers, he can block his own man. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, I'm, I'm interested because even, even tonight, um, there are plenty of guys that Giddy can match up with. Like Lamella Ball, why not? Mm-hmm. They are both mm-hmm. tall, and he's not the quickest guy. Uh, Lamelo is, yeah, so it it's a good matchup yeah. to see where he's at. Like he's, again, his understanding of the game is quite high, and so with that comes like, in, and he has good instincts defensively. So 
I'm again, I'm interested to see. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, next question comes from Rockstar408. How do you think we will manage the overfilled guard position? SGA, Giddy, Man, Maladone, Jerome, and Dort are all primarily guards. Uh, I think the simple answer is they're going to play a lot of guards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the simple answer. And the good news is that you have guys like SGA, Giddy, Maladone at this point, too, can guard more than one position because of mm-hmm. his strength. And he's not, like, Maladone's not super short. Like, really, none of these guys are super short. The shortest guy of this group, it's Dort. you know who it is? It's Dort! It's yeah. Dort, and Dort is the biggest guy of all of them. So the good thing about all of these guys are, because I, I think that we think of Trey Mann as smaller, but Trey Mann's six foot five, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of shooting guards are six foot five. So the good thing about this group is that none of them are going to play small. Like probably the guy that plays the smallest is going to be Trey Mann and yeah. possibly Chai Jerome are going to play the smallest. But it doesn't that doesn't matter. I think you can move those guys around still. I mean, Trey Mann's not going to defend ones or twos or threes anyways at this point <laughs> in his career. You know, so like I to, to that, I just say kind of like, who cares? Like, let him just yeah. go out there and try. But the truth is, like, you can mix and match all of these guys. And then you look at the the forward position, and that's where they lack. There's a lot that they lack at the forward position uh, outside of Poku and Baisley. Like, who are you – who are we attached to? Like, who are we really saying, like, man, we got to get minutes for – this guy is it Vit? Vit's listed as a guard too, you know. Yeah. Um, or Vit, or however, you, however we should say it. I don't know. I haven't really. We haven't done a lot of Vit coverage yet. Uh, but there's just not a lot of like traditional wings on this roster. I mean, like the the most traditional wing on the roster is probably Kenridge. Yeah. Because he's six of six foot seven, does play on the wing. Like the other guys that. What you would think about, like Paul Watson Jr., but he's on a two-way. Andrew Wiggins or Andrew Wiggins, Aaron Wiggins, but he's on a two-way. Yeah, and are you, telling, really are you telling us it. something about Wiggins? The Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> is this no? Is this a rumor? Shall we aggregate <laughs> that Andrew Schleck no, thinks that? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Makes sense though. Anyway, um, I don't think that Dort is a guard in this team primarily. I think that, yeah. like, you name half of the Western Conference team, and he guards mm-hmm. the three slash four on the opponent team. Uh, he will mm. guard Kawhi. Mm. He will guard LeBron. He will guard, yeah. I don't know, probably in Phoenix he will guard Booker. Um, but he yeah. will guard... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really not the thing that like you, you you don't have to consider Dort as a guard you just consider him as a guy who will play because he's a, the best defender on the te- on the team and so he will play mm-hmm. uh but the, the position is not really important for him um Ty Jerome and Theo Maledon are guys that are effective without the ball with Maledon you could you could argue that he's more effective without the ball uh yeah. than than yeah, with Mark it. talked a lot about that the other day was that yeah. like he's he had a lot of reps with the ball in his hands, and then we kind of tend to think more about him in that way. But Mark said he went back and watched the beginning of the season, and was like, "Oh, like his best minutes were when he played off." He he he's 
like he's a player so close to George Hill in terms of type of player. He, he can run a pick and roll, he can run an action, but if you slide him into like an off ball guard role that like you blame in like in with, with another ball hander, he will be completely fine. And, and Jerome is the same. He can run a pick and roll, but he is so great at spacing the floor. So it's not that and, and we already mentioned three guys that don't need the ball in their hands necessarily. So mm-hmm. I, I I mean, don't sweat on the guard rotations. They, they they will play. Yeah. I mean, I would much rather have lineups where you play uh Gidi, Baisley, and Pokushevsky and, and two guards and two other players. And you don't yeah. play any center. Who cares? The point is yeah. trying to see how Poku, how Gidi, Shea, they mesh together. That is the the important mm-hmm. part. Um yeah. and and you can no you can do whatever. You can play like four cards who cares you play giddy yeah. shea trayman dort that is fine innocent and like another player of your choice those lineups will play because i mean this is the point of the season trying to see how these players can play together uh, with no pressure on winning or you just need to have a system like a flexible system that employs multiple ball handlers that that's yeah. it and that's how, I mean that's how they want to play anyways is that they want to be flexible they don't yeah. they don't they really do want to be as positionless as possible so i just i don't know and even james anderson in the chats talking about how he thinks Baisley's better on the wing and that that may be the case ultimately with him and but we still have a lot to figure out with Baisley too yeah. like Baisley's i'm not sure young, i agree so. but hey I think he's. I think he's a four. I just think he's a straight four, and that's the position he'll play. I think he's he's stronger than he was last year. Let's see where he's at. Uh, hopefully, he can guard other opposing wings. Like that would be ideal that you have a six foot nine, uh, stronger wing that can guard multiple positions. I mean, that's that's ideal. Uh, Gorilla X says, "I just want to say I bought a box of Cracklin Oat brand because Andrew has hyped them so much." And they were incredibly disappointing. My question is, how dare you? You know, all I can say is I love I love Cracklin' Oat Brand. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. And that's it. Uh, Astern35 says, why was Serge Ibaka so terrible in 2016? As a reminder, he had career lows in PER, 13.6, true shooting, 53%. And win shares per 48.105. There was a whole bunch of other stats on basketball reference to show this. He clearly wasn't washed because he bounced back nicely in Toronto. If you think he wasn't being used correctly, whose fault is this? Um, having non-shooting players on the court and yeah. him being forced to be one of the floor spacer. Uh, that is one issue. I mean, the lineup that OKC played quite a lot that season was Russell Westbrook, non-shooter, Andrew Robinson, non-shooter, KD, mm-hmm. awesome, Serge, mm-hmm. and Steven Adams. Like, mm-hmm. where is the spacing? I remember yeah. a few possessions played that season where Ibaka was the center and there was a spread pick and roll where you had, I think, Anthony Morrow on the wing, um, KD, and Ibaka as a center. And that was amazing. 
even in the playoffs, there were minutes where Ibaka played as a center and those minutes were su- successful, but you had Enes Kanter there. So I think that he he was miscast uh, that season. I think that if you play him as a center way more and instead of having Anthony Morrow, you have an extra guy, uh, not named Dion Waiters, but a little bit more reliable, mm-hmm. that would have been the ideal role for, for Serge. Uh, or at least having two, three players that can shoot the basketball besides him. Like, yeah, OKC didn't yeah, have that. that. big problem. Yeah, that was a huge problem. I mean, you look at the elimination game, Game 7, Western Conference Finals, Thunder lost 96-88. The seven players that played was a starting lineup you mentioned, plus Dion and Cantor. Yeah. You know, Dion was 0-5 from three in that game. Andre Robertson, 0-4. You know, you can't and, no one and has yet, to guard them. And yet, had Andre Robinson not being in foul trouble. I mean Yeah. Imagine how talented KD was. <laughs> like and Russ. I mean, KD yeah, I was gonna say KD and Russ lifted that team yeah. to in, incredible heights where you could have a non shooting, non scoring wing out there and still dominate you know i mean i mean you look at just the scoring production alone off the bench like it's it's close to nothing yeah i mean it's close to nothing even in games where they're winning like game three they're just like they crushed them they absolutely crushed them and like the main guys off the bench are scoring like 23 points (laughs) you know like nothing crazy yeah. And but it's because you get thirty from Westbrook, thirty-three from Durant, fourteen from Ibaka. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. The fit wasn't spectacular there for Ibaka. Ibaka really needed to be the center, and they needed to have another scorer on the on the wing. Yeah, like you said, like that's that's what they needed. Like they needed campaign to be the campaign of this season that year, and to come out there and play with Russ and Durant. If you have that. Huh. Well then then maybe you actually can win because like campaign was was really good for the Suns, but they didn't have that. They they traded for Randy Foy. Things did not go well. Anthony Morrow yeah. couldn't hack it as a defender. I mean, it was just they needed one more guy. And that was the that was just like the question um the whole time was like can they get one more guy? Like they just needed one more guy. Do you remember time, so. when we wanted PJ Tucker so badly, so yeah, badly. We rightly wanted PJ Tucker. That's what. No. Yeah, it's it's fun being right sometimes. <laughs> Definitely not right all the time, but that was totally right. That was really Jay. Jay was like the head of that yeah. that train. Was the PJ Tucker train was Jay? So big shouts to Jaymon here on a Monday. Uh, all right, next question. Sorry if that depressed you. Sorry. Uh, game day. History. It's game day, everybody. Woo! Josh Giddy. Uh, Evan Flo wants to know <laughs> what three or five man lineup is are you most anticipating? Let's stick with five man lineup. Um, which will have the best defensive rating, the best offensive rating, the most minutes, most surprising, and effectively playing competent basketball? Ooh, can I take this last uh, one? Please, please, please. Yeah. Uh, most surprising and effectively playing competent basketball is the one, the lineup that I really want to see tonight. Uh, and it is okay. Shea, Dort, Giddy, Poku, and Baisley. 
dead to me uh, oh, will play effective. Oh, effectively okay. playing competent. No, no, no. It doesn't mean playing effective basketball. It means effectively playing competent basketball. It's it's kind of different. <laughs> so if you if you create an action and you create a very good shot and you miss it, that is yeah. competent basketball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a lineup that I want to see. I mean, you want to see... I mean, that's like straight positionless. Like, Yeah. It's yeah. it's like straight up, whoever gets the board, like push it. Exactly. Like run. Let's let's get out. Let's see what happens. Switch everything. Yeah. Um, like everybody can... Everybody should be screening. Everybody should be passing. Everybody should be taking pull-ups. Like that's... Yes. That's what we want. And... Yeah, that would be that's I mean that's like the dream lineup right there is yeah. just all length, all young guys, uh all guys that have a future to be here. You know, that's that's what we want to see. I suspect that we're going to see I mean to me the that there's probably three guys that I think will start. Actually really just two guys I think will start. And then the other three I just don't I don't have a, the firmest grasp on mm. what they're going to do in these other positions. Um, obviously, like the two are Shea and Dort. Like those are the two that I think everybody can say. Like those guys are for sure going to be starting tonight in Oklahoma City. Now the other positions are more up for grabs. I suspect that we will see. I would love to see both, but I think that we will see one of Giddy or Poku in the lineup. I think there is no uh, chance that Poku doesn't start tonight or first night of the regular season. I think he will be the starter. That That's my prediction, is that we yeah. see Shea, Dort, Poku, and then I think Baisley has... He's earned something in his time here. Yeah, that's that's, and, that's why I want Giddy there. Why do we want Roby? Yeah. Who cares? I don't want Roby. No, I mean, you, you general... There's a lot of Roby talk. General idea. No, it's yeah, yeah. It's not you, you. I don't want that. I want. I. I would hope that Mark would start Baisley at center, and push Giddy and Poku in at the forward spots. Like yeah. that's what I want to see. Yeah. But I just have heard the name Isaiah Roby a thousand times since yeah. I've been around the team for just a few days, and man, like that's just. That's where I'm just okay. Well, I've heard it enough to where it it feels like they're going to start him there. So yeah. I that's that's just what I think is going to happen. And you know, I I hope to be wrong. I would I would be just super happy if they started if they started the lineup that you want. But I also just don't know. I think Roby's more equipped to play center. He's stronger than Baisley is. Hmm. Uh, I I just don't know if starting Bays at center is going to put him in the best position to succeed. That's my only that would my be thinking, my real hesitation with doing it like as a starting lineup. My thinking is you will be faster than your opponent center and he, uh, at the end of the of last season he showed the ability to beat man of the triple and the fact that he's a good rebounder and he can space the floor and if he's the guy who set the screens he will have I would say that he will be in a better position offensively. But hey, mm -hmm. 
Uh, that's me. Uh, I want to tackle the best defensive rating uh, lineup because I think that there it's pretty clear that you need to have uh, Kenrich and and Dort. I think that Pokushevsky is the next Definitely. in line and okay. probably favors if he ever, like, if he's healthy enough. And then yeah. probably, like, you can have Shea, even if he's not great defensively. I don't know who else will yeah. be at that position. Maybe Giddy. But I'm not sure that that mm-hmm. lineup will actually play a minute together. Yeah. So Giddy, um, Poku, uh, Kenrich, and Dort and Favors. That yeah. to me is probably that's probably right. Yeah, that's probably right. Best offensive lineup. Muscala is a center. Yeah, Shea Muscala, Giddy, Jerome. Um, Ty Jerome for sure. And then what about Kenrich? Just Teo. No, Kenrich. Kenrich. Kenrich makes everything better. It's like it's like ketchup for for Royce. Like it's it makes <laughs> it's everything better. He was better. really good for them. He was really good for them. And I I'm a Kenrich believer. I think he's awesome. I think he's great. Yeah, I don't disagree. That yeah, you just throw Jerome in there for Dort. To space yeah. the floor. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with that. I think they're going to play, there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching of lineups and players mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So uh, before we move on, I just want to uh, send some condolences and some prayers up for our guy, Wes Gregg, here in the chat. So this is his grandpa passed away this morning. So um, we're here for you as a down to down community. We're yeah. praying for you, thinking about you. Hope that um, you know you, you and your family uh, will. You guys will be all right. And it's hard. I've lost. Um, well, I've lost all my grandparents at this point, which is hard. Yeah, me too. It's a hard thing. So, um, but yeah, we'll be here for you and uh, keep on keeping on, man. Um, okay, Archine says, should Mark keep playing Roby at five and start him every game? this season we've kind of answered this kind of already should he i don't know i don't really care that much about isaiah roby starting at center or not i you know i mean james anderson's here talking about how um how he's not good at center and that roby's bad at, against centers too i think that's part of the the plan here honestly yeah. like they've set themselves up to have no bigs yeah, but, like but to no, me, it's just like, like real priority, development priority. To me, Baze has priority yeah. over Roby, and Giddy has priority sure. over Roby and Baisley. So I want them to play. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. Giddy needs to play with Shea as, and Poku as many minutes as he can. Um, that yeah. to me is... And again, maybe I'm oversimplifying the thing. Maybe Mark Degnall, I hope that he has better ideas because that's his job <laughs> and he's very good at it. Uh, so I'm sure that he, if he doesn't start Giddy, yeah. it's because he has some development path in his mind that is better than the one that I'm thinking of. And so I'm, I want to see that. Maybe it's, well, what if we sub, we start Baisley and Roby and we sub Giddy for, for Baisley so that you play Giddy and uh, Pokushevsky as the three and the four, and then you mix up from there. That, that, that's fine. Uh, it's um, yeah. I just want to see those three guys, which to me are top three in the talent pecking order. Um, Shea, mm-hmm. Poku, and Giddy. 
I just want to see them play together as many minutes as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, let's keep firing through. Uh, before we do that, let's take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. Uh, next question comes from Zed. There's just a lot of letters here. Zed. We'll just call you Zed. Uh, considering the Clippers' terrible schedule and the injuries of many of their players, do you think that their pick has lottery potential? Second, how important do you think winning basketball is this season, statistically speaking? Meaning, does good efficiency, win shares, really matter for players in the beginning of their careers? Uh, let's talk about the Clippers first. Uh, of course, it has uh, no potential to be a lottery pick. No, it will be a very bad pick, and we don't want to talk about that any longer. That's exactly right. This is and their schedule. So let's just go through like the month of November, like October, November. Mm-hmm. Like it's Golden State, Memphis, Portland, Cleveland. Like that's not that difficult. No. Portland, OKC, Minnesota, Minnesota. Quite easy. Yeah, over fifty percent there. Portland. Yeah, Charlotte, Portland, Miami, Minnesota. That's not that hard. Chicago, San Antonio, Memphis, New Orleans. That's like moderately difficult. Dallas, Dallas, Detroit. Like, like how much better is Dallas than the Clippers? I think is up is a is a question that is probably Dallas. But Dallas didn't do enough in the offseason to make you just like say like, mm-hmm. oh, for sure, for sure. Dallas is going to be way better than the Clippers. Like, I don't believe that. Dallas has a the Clippers huge, were freaking good. Yeah, Dallas has a huge question mark that the Clippers absolutely don't have. Like, yeah. they like the Clippers have a very good coach. I don't know how do you evaluate Tyron Louis. Like, I personally think that I've seen enough from his regular season mm-hmm. pedigree and the thing that they did in the playoffs. On the contrary, like, Kid has a terrible experience as a head coach. Yeah. So I need to see that. I'm not saying that Dallas will be terrible because of Kid, but I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that. Yeah. Luca is sensational. Is mm-hmm. like to me, he's the best talent in the NBA right now. Like he's that good. He can have a better season than LeBron, than Yanis, than whoever. He has that talent. But yeah. the supporting cast and the coaching staff to me are a huge question mark. So, and I think that that group, that Clipper group, they, and the, what Kawhi is, is saying right now, I mean, all to me is pointing in a direction where you can see if they stay like healthy as they are right now, I don't think that mm-hmm. they will be, um, they, maybe they will fight for the play in, maybe, but they will not be terribly bad. And hey, if they miss yeah. the playoffs, Anything can happen. They can be 
like uh, in the lottery with the worst odds and they can pick the number one pick. Yes, that 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 can happen, but I, I wouldn't bet or anything because that group is resilient and mm-hmm. I think that they will surprise people. Or yeah. Reggie Jackson will be terrible and this will be delightful. Yeah, it could be great. But I think I suspect that they're going to be better than people think. They yeah. finish out November with Detroit, Golden State, New Orleans, and then Sacramento is their first game in December. Like I don't know, like that doesn't sound that hard to me. Like the schedule is like a moderately difficult schedule. Yeah, and you know perhaps I mean there's a good there is a chance when you look at their roster that like a Eric Bledsoe Reggie Jackson duo at guard is going to be putrid for you you know you there's say. a there <laughs> it doesn't sound good i would not be super jacked if that was my backcourt no but also reggie was very good for them in the playoffs yes and paul george was super good and marcus morris is a yeah. good player and zubak is a functional center so like they've got they've got a lineup that is functional um now hopefully Eric Bledsoe like tanks all of this and we get another lottery pick. Like that's that's the dream. But my guess is that this is going to be a pick in the teens, mm-hmm. probably the late teens, early twenties. So that's and also if we just think that's going to be there, like there's potential, it's better. So let's just let's just all forget about the Clippers pick and let's yeah. just think about that we have our own pick and a pick at twenty one. All right. So let's just forget about it until we're in like April, and then we can, and we can talk a little bit. Don't even get excited if they lose like f- the first five games. Like, don't get excited. Don't do it. No. There are teams that this happens to every year. Just forget. Just forget about it. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone, please. I just beg of you to leave it alone. Um, and then, how important is winning basketball this season, statistically speaking? Does it really matter at the beginning of these guys' careers? I mean, the only real stuff I'm looking at when it comes to stats is like individual efficiency. Like, I don't really care much for um, the wind share stuff. Like, that doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter. Uh, What I'm looking for is like markers for all these players. Like, we've already discussed this a lot, but like, I'm looking for Dort's finishing at the rim. Yeah. I'm looking for Poku's overall efficiency as a shooter. Um, I'm looking for Giddy's overall shooting uh, numbers. Like those are the things that we look at because the other stuff, if you if you're losing, those numbers are going to be bad. Yeah, just yeah. they're going to be straight up bad. And so I just that stuff I just wouldn't worry about. Yeah, and I also want to see the shot quality thing, like how many spot up sure. open spot up sh- shots you you get, uh, and in terms of overall efficiency. If Poku shots the same amount of trees that he did at the end of the regular season, like five per game or something like that, and he hits 33% of them, wow. That to me is a wow. Even if it's below average. I want to see improvement. I want to see like um, just not randomness, like Dort shooting 44% at the beginning of the season, just seeing something structural in Dort's finishing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I went back in my early morning workouts and watch a bunch of thunder games just to refresh my mind uh, my mind about uh like finishing and stuff like that and i watched a game where dort had like three or four finishes that were all different all like nonsensical like one time he he threw a floater with all his like 
like shoulders turn like it was a mess i don't want to see that i want to see him crushing through guys like just getting straight and 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 like putting the ball easily at the basket that is what dort should do because he's a good enough free throw shooter where he doesn't have to shy away from the contact so these things are way more important than win shares and stuff like that you want to look for improvements both in the numbers but also in the way in which they get to those numbers and with dort mm-hmm. for the shooting I mean, to me, it was not even the, the 40%. I mean, that was great. Uh, and overall, in the season, he improved a lot. But y- you need to watch his feet. Like, the way in yeah. which he landed after the shot. If you go back to his Arizona State days, and you watch the end of the first year and the second year, you could see improvement there. Even if the number didn't came immediately, that is the thing that you need to, to, to watch for. The other, like, yeah. stats are... Yeah, you can you can read them. Numbers are always yeah. good, but there are others. Thing that I would look forward more to see. Yeah, there's context. So just make sure you understand the context exactly. around the numbers um, that will exist. So, ninety uh, fish has several questions. We'll get through these as fast as we can because we have so many other questions. Um, his first question is. Essentially, if you could pick a single position for each player on the team, what would it be? Uh, so I've got the roster here in front of me, uh, and we'll go through the main guys. Uh, Darius Baisley, I think, is a power forward right. uh, playing the four. Uh, Gabby Deck, also a power forward. Yes. I'd say Dort is a two. Two and uh, a half. Yeah, two to two and a half. Uh, Derek Favors is a center in the yes. NBA today. Uh, Josh Giddy, this is m- maybe the toughest one. One and a half. Because I have not seen him play. But I would say, I think he's a point at, you know, today. I think he's a one. Yeah. Um, if we're allowed to do halves, <laughs> I think that's, that's good. One and a half is good. But if I have to pick one of them, I would say he's a point guard. Uh, Shea, I think he's a point guard. Yes. Two. Uh, Ty Jerome, I think he's a two. Yes. Um, I think Teo is a point guard. I think he will defend was, point guards, but he's closer to one and a half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Trey Mann, point guard. Uh, hmm. Mike Muscala, a five. Oh, you don't think Trey Mann's a point guard? Oh, I think he can. I think he wants the ball in his hands. He's just a gunner. He's like Lou Williams. Yeah, gunner. Lou Williams is not a point yeah. guard. He's a, he's a shooting guard. <laughs> that, that is what he does, like shooting the True. basketball. Yeah. Tall Lou Williams. If he was tall Lou Williams, yeah, boy, oh boy, that is that, that is great. Kobe White. That is tall Lou Williams. Yeah, I, would, I mean, honestly, if if Trey Mann was as good as Kobe White, and I yeah. know that that may not sound like the coolest thing in the whole world, um, like that would be great. Honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would be great. That's like a, a good outcome pick. for him. Um, Mascal is a five. Poku is a three. Uh, JRE is a four. Two and a half for Poku? Three and a half. Seriously? Three and a half. Okay, yeah. I'm not ready for the half yet for him. <laughs> I think he might be ready for the half next calendar year. Yeah. Um, Roby's a five. Paul Watson is a three. Aaron Wiggins is a three. Kenrich is a three. DJ Wilson is a five. I agree. Any disagreements? No. All right. DJ Wilson. Uh, second question. Wow, that is that, DJ that Wilson. Sounds, that sounds. I know. Fake, but anyway. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I suspect he will not be on the roster. So. It was uh, another DJ Leaf. 
Hey. Yeah. Except for no guaranteed contract for him. Will he be as big as DJ Leaf? More favorable. I mean. Will he what? I mean, when I saw TJ Leaf, I, it mm-hmm. took me three minutes to recognize him because he was so wide compared to my memory of him. So I wonder if, if, if with DJ Wilson, it will be... No. He's always skinny? No. He's skinny. I've, I mean, I've seen him. Yeah. You know, he's skinny. Okay. He looks like DJ Wilson when okay. you see him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, great. Who, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, who's been your favorite player, players on the team to interact with? Uh, nicest to talk to, most approachable, friendliest, the funniest. Uh, honestly, like all the guys that I've talked to have been great so far. My favorite uh, has to be Muscala, just because like he's just a, a dude. Like he's just a guy hanging. You're just hanging out with him, you know. Like he's just super nice. Uh, second, I would say Kenrich is probably my second favorite to interact with. That uh, he's he's just really down to earth. And, you know, understand, like, I don't know, like, I feel, I almost feel like a kin- like a kindred spirit with him in some ways in that, like, he, like, he's had to really fight for the position that he's in and, like, never was considered anything from the start. Like, he didn't even, like, we talked about this on, on the podcast, if you haven't listened mm-hmm. to it, but he was not, not recruited by D1 schools at all, you know? And, you know, in the podcast game, like I started from nothing. I didn't even have a journalism degree. Like I'm don't I'm not like plugged into like any media circles or anything like that. Like I came from uh just, you know, trying to make a podcast at Jay's church, you know, having no idea what I was doing. So um I don't know. I just like I like Ken Rich. I just really enjoyed talking with him. I felt like we connected uh pr- really easily. Uh and then, like, honestly, like, Shay was one of the nice, like, like talking about, like, nice, like, someone mm-hmm. being nice to you um, and being, like, he was just really, really nice. Uh, all the guys were, but I think that people would be most excited to hear that, like, when he walked in, like, he was just a, just a really nice person. So, uh, and, that, and that goes, I mean, that goes for all of them. Um, I also really like JRE a lot. Like I'm, I'm a, I really, really like him. I didn't get a chance to talk to him uh, on media day, but I did do an interview with him at summer league and I'm, I'm really big on him as just a person. So lots of really great people uh, as a part of this organization this year, like a, a, a group that I think that we can really root for and get behind, uh, which I think is fun. Um, let's see. We're gonna have to move on. But thank you for all your questions. Um, in Trubilla says, "Will you eat grape nuts for breakfast every day for the rest of your life in exchange for a Thunder Championship with Poku as Finals MVP?" If you guys don't know what grape nuts are, it's the worst cereal ever created. It's basically just cereal crumbs put into a box, and somehow. It's been made into cereal. And you know what? I'm willing to make the sacrifice for all of you guys. And I would eat grape nuts as long as I can put a little uh, fresh fruit on those grape nuts. That would be me, the only uh, It's like similar to muesli? Something like that? Uh, no. 
it's it's much much worse. Oh, okay. Than, than that. Okay. Uh, it's just like a small grain, like like tiny, like like imagine like maybe like a little bit bigger than sand. Um, it doesn't seem just in a, really in a interesting. Bowl. It's not. It is uninteresting and not good. Yeah, so I mean, to me, there's, there's that. Yeah, I don't do breakfast, yeah. and and so it's uh, <laughs> to me thinking of eating something that is not even interesting. It's yeah, man, don't eat breakfast. No intermittent don't, fasting. You don't ever eat breakfast. Oh yeah, that's right. I knew that. Sometime knew. Uh, on the on like on Saturday when I have a late dinner and I cannot like fast for twenty hours straight, then I. Mm-hmm. They just do it, but like once a week, mm-hmm. and it's often meaningless anyway. Yeah. Like a piece of bread. I don't yeah. do cereal. It's sad. No, sad it's, life. It's uh, I don't know. I, I, I it's good bread. It's bread that I bake, so it's a uh, it's good bread. You putting anything on that bread? Yeah, maybe maybe fresh cheese or like some cream. I don't know, depending on what I feel. What kind of cream? What is that? What like cream? Nutella cream, like the. Oh, do you know okay. the the chocolate slash yeah. nuts cream? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I know Nutella. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Do you know that that it's like the place where its origin are basically a hundred kilometers from my house? Seriously. Yes, Nutella is definitely Italian. <gasps> wow. It all makes sense now. It is a delicacy. It's delicious. Yeah. I had it. So I was at an event for my kid's school recently and they had Nutella and croissants hmm. just set out. And like that was, yeah. I was like, huh. And then I try it and I'm like, this is yeah. this is delectable. That, so that we do here as well. Like we do a croissant with uh, Nutella inside. That is, that is a good oh, breakfast. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It was so good. Uh, okay. Panicked Waddle wants to know who averages more minutes per game at the end of this season, Poku or Giddy? Poku. Yeah, I kind of, well, I don't know what I think. I don't know. I hope it's Poku because then that means like Poku's made some progress here. So, yeah, let's give it to Poku. Uh, CBNB says, congrats on 10 seasons. What are your top five favorite memories in Down to Duck history? Holy moly. I don't know if I can think of five of the best moments in our history but i will say this how about we just do this instead is like november 15th we are having down to dunk night at the thunder arena we will we're finalizing some stuff this week uh there will be tickets for sale through the thunder website for this event uh so mark your calendars get ready it's thunder against the heat in downtown okc we will have a live podcast somewhere, and then we will all sit together at the arena. It's going to be great, so be there with us. It's going to be great. It will definitely be a top five down-to-dunk moment. Um, well, since I've, I, I will not be there, unfortunately, um, I cannot. So sad. Yeah, it's too tough. Um, like, to me, one of the best moments that I've lived as a down-to-dunk member was the live reaction to the Paul George signing in OKC. Yes, that is a good episode. That's a fun yeah, episode. That was, it was probably me, you and Alex uh, and probably Jay uh, came in a little bit yep. later. And it was yep. so incredible. Like when the four year thing breakout was was, yeah. was like yeah. insane. 
Yeah. And also the Rust. Yeah. That Houston. was really fun. That that was also the Rust trade. Yeah. Those were those were some really fun podcasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, I, if you want to go back and listen to some fun shows, like those were fun. Yeah. I would agree with that. And then like just some random like summertime pods. Oh, the f- <laughs> where we're just talking about nonsense. Yeah. Is always, like always the first fun. trivia. That was that was a milestone. Like go, yeah, go listen to some go listen to some Deborah Buckets trivia hours in there. Those were so fun. Alex uh, Alex puts in so much work uh, for that stuff. So it's it's worth it's great for us if you go back and listen to those because it's uh, man that was so fun. That yeah, so and it was fun. in a moment where everyone needed exactly that podcast. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, I mean, it was not a good time uh, for the entire world, and and Alex and you guys delivered. I mean, I remember me like just walking to my yard because there was nowhere to walk. Like, it was just mm-hmm. like we couldn't we couldn't even leave the house, and or barely like two hundred meters around the house, and uh, and there was that podcast, and yeah, yeah, it was so so incredible. Yeah, it was great. Big shouts to Al on that one. Uh, okay, this might be our last question. I will try to hop in here and answer more questions on Reddit uh, as I have time, um, which which might not be at all, honestly, because I just, now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've got to leave to go to the arena in like in like an hour, and then I've got to produce like three podcasts between wow. So that's uh hope maybe maybe tomorrow. Nope, probably not, but maybe. Uh beginning dash profile four nine four says, Why are y'all so big on Poku, but talk like Bays has not proven himself in this league? I think I heard you all say that he is a bench player. Outside of his shooting, Bays played great basketball on both ends of the floor. I have no doubt his percentages will go up. So we've got a... I don't know that he's necessarily hating on Poku, but this is a, a Bayes believer here. So what are your thoughts, McKinley? Well, at some point, uh, putting that round thing in that round basket matters and matters a lot. And Baisley need, need to be... He needs to be more effective. Um, to me, it was not just a percentage. That is a byproduct, I think, of a lot of issues that he has with uh, his offensive skill, uh, his offensive way of playing basketball. Uh, I think that um, shot selection was putrid at times. Uh, I think that um, he had a lot of issues uh, on picking his spots. And so, to me, like I believe that there is another gear uh, for basically to go to because we've seen him in a limited role being very effective. I mean, I remember advocating for him playing more in a playoff in a playoff round. Like, like he was very good as a. Um, this is why I, I keep thinking about him being a good backup center because he did that and he was okay. He was actually good. Um, so I think that last year was about putting him in. Um, different position really outside of his comfort zone and there were moments i mean the game in, in orlando was insane uh there were very yeah. good moments but you cannot rely on like mid-range jump shot off the dribble when you are like a 28 percent uh mid-range shooter at best you cannot rely on um 
like trees uh, off the dribble when you cannot hit trees like off the catch. So to me, it's about yeah. trying to do first consistency and easy things and then improve, then maybe try to add. I remember Shay uh, in his first season in OKC, he was doing mostly spot ups, trees, yeah. and a few pull ups here and there. Mm -hmm. This is the way you should do it. Like you should focus on the consistent, easy things. When you manage to do that at a very high level, like put something in that is more hard. And this is also why Poku improved during the season, I think, because he left the crazy things aside and he focused on more spot-up shooting, more driving to dream. And so to me, the most interesting and important thing that Basil did uh, through, uh, towards the end of the season was attacking the basket. And, and that is something where I can see if he has a quickness advantage, which he could have. That is the thing that I want to yeah. see more. Sorry, it was very long, but I, I really think that Basil Basley is surely talented. I'm not dogging him on anything. It's like it, it it's important that he finds consistency though. Otherwise it's just flashes and and if if the flashes yeah. are important, Poku has much better ones. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think honestly, when you bring up the backup center thing, like I don't think like the Jeremy Grant approach to the development of Darius Baisley is a bad idea. Mm-hmm where Jeremy Grant got here and I heard from he is Robertson's replacement to he's a backup five. And it's like, okay, nobody knows what he is. Yeah. You know, I feel similar with Baisley. It's, it's maybe a little bit more defined that he's a forward, but it's just like, we don't know exactly what he's going to do mm -hmm. because he does. And he, and he's way more of a natural ball handler than Jeremy is period yes. like the end and so he's got more potential than jeremy did but jeremy focused on what he was good like he got good at a couple things and then he would expand yeah you know he got good at being he got good at defense so that, that was his number one thing that he got that he improved because he wasn't a great defender when he got here he became a better defender and then he expanded and he started to shoot the ball better from the corners. And then he was at the time working on his closeouts, um, attacking a closeout, and he got better at that. And to the point where he was easily a starting four. And then the team fell apart. They traded him to Denver. He was great for Denver. And then he gets to Detroit and he expands his game even more. So like those are the kind of things that I want to see from Baisley. Like let's take steps. It felt like last season was like too big of a step. Yeah. It was like going from step from step two to step seven. Yeah. Where it's like okay, well now we know that you are like a pretty good spot up shooter and defender. Let's let's make let's just see if we can do it all. You know, you just throw it like you just yeah. take everything you throw at the wall and like nothing really stuck. Honestly. Yeah. Like the shooting fell off, the defense fell off everything fell off. Yes. And so now it's like, let's define what Baisley's good at and allow him to be good at those things. And like, then let's take a step forward because last year felt like a step back yes. and it was all intentional. Like it was all intentional and the thunder know way better of, of what they're trying to do with him as a coaching staff than I would know mm -hmm. to do with him. 
Um, so let's see if it worked. <laughs> you yeah. know, let's see what it looks like today because maybe you take that big step back in order to frame everything for him this season. Yeah. And say, because they rely, I mean, throughout this last week of training camp, like they, uh, Mark Degnaut said they were watching film every single day. Yeah. And watching it in smaller groups. And you know that they're showing Darius Baisley what he did last year. And there's probably a lot of things that he was like, for sure. I didn't, didn't like it. So now it's what, can you what can you do and show us what you can do and i think basley can take a step forward this year now he and and he really needs to if basley wants a second contract with the thunder he has to take a step forward because sure. if he looks like he did last season shoots the ball like he did last season darius basley might not be on the thunder in the next year I, you know, I agree. that's that's going to be part that's going to be a reality for him. Just because if we just watch, if you just look back at the history of Sam Presti and the way that he operates, he doesn't like guys to get to restricted free agency. Number one, yeah, he would prefer to give an extension. And if he doesn't give the guy an extension, it's likely that, that guy is traded. Yes, and somebody else gives the yes. extension, and he doesn't like so, to to have assets that go down in value somehow. So, and I want to, yes. if you allow me, I want to, to say something very quick about Jeremy. Um, it's weird if you go back and watch his Syracuse days, he was all about yeah. mid-range pull-ups. That is so huh. weird. If you go back. That is very weird. And, and, and then he realized that is not the way in which you will be successful in the league. It's about, you are, you are not a great uh, mid-range shooter and so you will not do that period and mm -hmm. up until last season in Detroit that part of his game was almost out I remember the the game in which he played with the blue instead of the white uh, it was the game that we said <laughs> we both said this is like grounding Jeremy Grant because <laughs> yep. and he was taking like those mid-range shots and he was missing them all um, it was yep. all always part of his game but in order to be successful mm -hmm. He left those aside and focused on the consistent things. And, and this is what Basie should do because it's no secret. He can handle and he can, uh, that was the allure of Basley, a guy that could beat you off the dribble. And, but maybe this is not the time to do those things. It's, it's more important for him to be a very good defender, a good spot up sh shooter mm -hmm. and attack a few close out with those on-wall skills. I think that's exactly right. And we have to see some of that tonight. Hey. Here, downtown OKC. So if you're in OKC, hopefully you can come to the game. I think there's still tickets available. And it should be very cheap to get in to this game. So come join us down at the arena. Uh, hope you guys are doing great. And the season's coming, guys. Real basketball is on its way. We get to see uh, some quasi-basketball tonight. Uh, but it'll be fun. First time that we really get to see Giddy uh, with NBA talent around him against NBA talent uh, besides the six minutes that we saw in Vegas. Uh, so that will be really fun. So tune in for that. Uh, and be sure to tune in Wednesday with Alex and I as we break it all down and give our just huge overreactions to what happens. So uh, go follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Vera. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Let's go to the stream real quick. 
Before we go, we have John Paris and Broken Arrow. We have Hoopstock 69. We have Wojcik. We have Unhandicapped Train. We have Dude Buffet here. We have the Tall Shadow KC here. We have my guy Alex Bullerjack. Uh, Alvin Jackson, Buster Nakamoto, James Anderson, Y.Sermon is here, M.N. is here, Andrew Barton is here, let's see, Tyler Carroll, what's up, Tyler, uh, Wes Gregg, again, prayers up for Wes and his family, Jay Smooth is here, Augusto Sarmento is here, Everyone Needs a Smile is here. Fitness 2018 is here. Uh, Thanks so much for joining. Uh, Be sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can join as well. Live on the stream. Give us a comment. Uh, Cody. What's up, Cody? All right. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.